0: Good morning everyone. How are y'all doing today? It's good. Ah, oh, you know one of those mornings where it seems like uh I was talking to John and uh in the back and he's like, "Wow, it just seems like people are having trouble getting here. Tire blows out when you get here. You're having issues." feels like the enemy's just pressing up against it it's going to be an awesome sermon isn't it I'm like, thanks for the, the pressure so, uh, in moments like this where it does feel like the enemy is kind of pressing the best way to respond to it is through prayer let's just take a moment right now and let's just invite the Lord's presence here uh, holy Spirit we just invite you here this week Lord Jesus come uh, Lord I can't I can't speak for anyone else but for me, this morning has felt like a distraction, like uh, I've been distracted by a million different things. And so, Father, we just invite your presence here this morning. Lord, it's our desire to hear from you out of your word. So let your presence come. Come. Lord, whatever the enemy may or may not be doing, Father, we just ask that you just silence the enemy right now. Silence the distractions. Just allow us to hear clearly from you this morning. Thank you. We just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen end of August, the kids uh n i u moved back in this weekend. Hornfest is next weekend. School is starting all around us. Fall is right around the corner isn't it and uh if you live in deKalb uh, especially if you have kids, uh, fall usually means all kinds of activities for us, and one that as my kids were getting older, it seemed like we do every year. And then when we became teenagers, they did without us every year because it was more fun without us. And that was taking a trip to Jonamac and uh, going through the corn maze. You can't live in the country without doing a corn maze. At least once in your life. And, um, you know, one would think finding your way through a corn maze really wouldn't be that difficult, right? You know, it's just corn. But when you get in the midst of it, it becomes challenging. Because the deeper you get into the corn maze, all you see around you is corn. You can't see over the corn because this time of year the pretty tall. You get turned around. You're trying to figure out exactly what direction you are, where you are in the midst of the field. And if it's a maze like Jonamac or one of the bigger ones, you know, it's, ma- it's massive. You see people running a couple of rows of corn to the side of you and you're thinking, is that the way out? Is that the way in? Which way do I go? How does this all work? And in the middle of the corn maze, they always build this platform. And you climb up on top of the platform and you can see over all the corn. And you can kind of see the maze and you can finally get your bearings where you are in the midst of that maze. Where the way out is, where the cool stuff may be. Sometimes you just got to get above the corn to see where you're going. You know, that's kind of where that old phrase comes from. You might have heard it said you know, the person can't see the forest for the trees because the trees are always right in front of you. You can't actually see what the entire forest is because you're so focused on the, on the tree that's in front of you. And, and you know, our Christian life sometimes can be just like that. It can be like a corn maze. We hear about all these things that we're supposed to do. You think about the announcements today, right? We rolled out a bunch of things over the last couple of weeks. We've rolled out Alpha. An alpha is something cool. You should do it. It's a lot of fun. It's awesome. Uh, We rolled out small groups. Small groups are great. You should be part of it. You should should go and do that. Um, There's other things coming down the pipe that we're talking about. Other uh, activities, other ministries, other events that may be starting this fall, that may be starting this winter. They're cool. They're exciting. We should all do that. And before you know it, it seems like all of these individual things that we should be doing, they're kind of like stalks of corn. We're not sure what we should do or how they all fit together or where the path is or what the purpose is. And then before we know it, we become overwhelmed. We become overwhelmed by all of it. And sometimes that's what turns people off on church. I've heard that. I've heard that from people. They got so involved in church, they were in church seven days a week. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's an exhausting thing. This summer, uh, we've been talking about certain rhythms that we feel should be within our lives and within the lives of the church. And we've spent the last several weeks looking at each rhythm in detail. Really staring at the corner. And that's important. We need to understand it. But what can get lost in all of that is how it all fits together. So today, I want to climb up on that platform a bit, and like the corn maze, I want to take a look at everything we've talked about to kind of wrap up this series, and see how all of this begins to fit in what we would call the Christian life. Now to do that, I want to introduce you to a certain friend of mine. Meet Chris. Chris... uh, Chris is going to be doing this journey with us. And you're probably going to be seeing more of Chris around the the church. Uh, Chris, uh, right now, is is a fairly new believer. Um, He just discovered Jesus. He just invited Jesus into his heart. He's just trying to figure out where he goes in life. And so we're going to follow Chris today as he works his way through the maze that is this Christian life. Now to do that, we need a map. That's how I cheat in John and the the corn maze. I'm really good at maps. And so I always sneak the map in, and I can figure out following a map exactly where we are. So maps are usually really helpful. We need a map. And Jesus gave us a map. It's in Matthew 28. Right at the end, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, He gathers His disciples around Him, and He gives them the last command. The thing that He wants them to do until He returns. Matthew 28, starting in verse 19, he says this Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is called the Great Commission. This is Jesus' last command. This is what we're supposed to do until He returns. Notice what it says. It says, go and make disciples. That's important. It doesn't say go and find people to make decisions for Christ. It says go and make disciples. So what's a disciple? A disciple is a follower of someone. Uh, They take on the attributes of that person. They obey obey the teachings of that person. So when we say we're disciples of Jesus, that means we're following His teachings. We're trying to follow Him. We're trying to take on His attributes and become a little bit more like Him. And, And that's how Jesus describes it here at the end. Teaching them to obey everything that I have taught you. And so that's where we start. Because... We can't make disciples unless we actually become a disciple. We can't go and create followers unless we are a follower. And so making disciples always starts with us, where we become disciples of Christ. And that's where MG3 comes in. Now we're going to follow Chris on his journey, and his journey as well as ours always starts with meeting Jesus. John 14.6 says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. There is no way to God except through Jesus. There's no way to, to, to become a follower of God unless you're a follower of Jesus. So everything always begins with Jesus. Our journey has to begin with Him. Now, now the thing is, we, we, many of us accepted Jesus a long time ago. But the amazing thing about this is, is the way in to the kingdom, the way into relationship with the Father, is the way we continue going on. It always starts with Jesus. In, in John 15.5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So no matter where we are in our Christian walk, no matter matter where we are in our discipleship journey, we always start in the same place with this dependence upon Christ. Because everything that we have, everything that we grow, everything that we can become, anything that we do, it all comes from Christ. And so we always begin by meeting Jesus. And, And that's what the M is. Go ahead, John. Here's Chris. It always begins by meeting Jesus. Salvation comes only through Jesus. But, but being a disciple isn't just about saying a prayer. It's becoming more and more like Him. And we do that by meeting Jesus every day. Now, uh, that can look like all kinds of different things. It, it could mean time in the Word that we spend every day. Time in prayer. Taking time just to listen. You know, that activity we do uh, before I preach, before the announcements where we just wait on the Lord, that's something we, you can do at home. Just waiting on Jesus. So the, the question that Chris asks himself, and the question that we should ask ourselves daily is, how have I met Jesus today? But, but we don't just stop there. We need to begin to grow in our faith. And, and we do that together together. As a community. Proverbs 27:17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So we grow, and growing is our next step. We, we grow uh, in community, we grow in faith. And, and community is the best place for us to do that. Things like small groups. You know, we hear about small groups. Well, why should I come to small groups? because it's an opportunity to to dig into the word, it's an opportunity to pray for one another, it's an opportunity to build fellowship, to build community. But, but there are other opportunities as well. There are classes, there are apprenticeships that we're going to be starting. There's all kinds of things. But it always happens in community. So the question that Chris asks himself is simple and that we should. How am I growing in faith in community this week? But his journey doesn't end with just growing. Uh, Jesus calls us to give back. John 13, at the Last Supper, Jesus is with his disciples and he does something amazing, something completely uh, surprising to them. In verse 14, Jesus says this, uh, he he takes off his, his robe, he washes their feet, and he says, now that I, your Lord and Teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. The Christian life is not about being served, it's about serving, especially one another. We serve one another in community, and so giving becomes our next step in discipleship. We are called to serve one another, to give back to the church community, with our time, with our talents, with our treasures. See, it's amazing. When we all come together, God has wired us all so very differently. He's given us all different gifts and different abilities. And when we bring that all together, we begin to form the body of Christ. Each one of us bringing something. That's when things become incredible. So the question that Chris asks himself is simple. How am I giving back to the community this month. How am I serving? Now it'd be really easy to stop there, and we'd be comfortable stopping there. We'd be very comfortable stopping there. We have our nice church community. We're meeting with Jesus. We're growing. We're giving back to the community. We're done, right? But there's one more thing. Jesus said this in Acts 1. He told his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, we're called to tell others about Jesus. And that leads us to our final step. To go. Being a disciple is not something you're supposed to do in secret. It's not just between you and Jesus. We are called to live our life continuing Jesus' mission in the world. We're supposed to tell others and do it in a way that blesses the world around us. And so that leads to Chris's final question. As I go, whom did I bless? You know, this isn't a daily or weekly or monthly thing. This is a lifestyle. We're living a life on mission. Now, we went over those really quick because we've spent a lot of time teaching them individually. But when we look at them together, there's something we need to realize. John, can you throw the other one up? What's interesting about them is they're not something we do in a linear fashion. The life of a disciple is not going from point A to point B to point C. The life of a disciple is something that happens continually. So in many ways, as we look at this, these are activities that we're continually doing, that we're continually going we're continually meeting with Jesus. We're continually growing. We're continually giving. We're c- continually going out to the world. They become part of our life. And that's why we call it a rhythm. Because it's a lifestyle. Now, as I mentioned with go, we're not called to just take care of our inner life. We're called to go and live a life on mission. Notice the, the go command. What Chris is doing. He's holding an arrow. And it's pointing somewhere. It's pointing to where we're supposed to go. We hear about going and we think it's you know, somewhere far away. You know when God, when God calls me to go, it'll be to the mission field. I'll go to another continent or another country, another part of the world. But remember what Jesus said in Acts 1. Start in Jerusalem. Go to Judea and Samaria, and then to the world. If you don't know your geography, start in the neighborhood. Go out a little bit outside of your neighborhood. Maybe go slightly to a different culture around you. And then beyond that. Mission always begins with where we are. It always begins in the neighborhood. And that's where bless fits in. We are called to bless those that are near to us. We are called to minister to those that God has put immediately in front of us. Not just the people who are on the other side of the world. So your neighbor who's annoying at times, whose dog barks through the middle of the night, who plays music at midnight, we're supposed to minister to them. Your coworker who, who is obnoxious, we're supposed to minister to them as well as the people who live in, in Asia, or Africa, or wherever. But mission is scary. Uh, tell, talking to others is scary. So how do we do it? Uh, we, how do we start? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 37, He tells His disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest No matter what we're doing, we always begin in the same place. We always begin with prayer. You know, this this morning, we talked about, I talked about before I started, the chaos that was all around me, the distractions that were happening with me. It's a call to begin with prayer. We're called to pray for the people who are around us. We're called to Pray for what the mission that God has for our life is. We're called to pray for our neighborhood. We're called to pray for our community, for our city, for our state, for our country. We're called to pray. And Chris is learning that prayer is not only how we discover our mission, it's also how we go about carrying out our mission. You know, As we pray for our community, as we pray for our neighbors, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us about what He is doing in their lives. The Holy Spirit begins to show us His heart for the people around us and begins to transform our heart to be more like His. And then before we know it, He changes our heart towards them. And then the Holy Spirit does something incredible. He changes the environment around us. You don't like what's happening at work? Pray. Pray for the people that you work with. And the Lord will change that environment. But we don't just pray. We also need to engage. It would be so easy and comfortable just to say, pray, 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 pray. And you should pray. And stop there. But we're also called to engage. And we start engaging with the people around us by actually listening to the people around us. Our default is usually to talk. We want to tell people what we feel is important. I mean, that's the image we get when we talk about, you know, advancing the gospel. That we go somewhere and we scream at people until they hear our way and, and turn. Until they make a decision for Christ. But one of the greatest gifts we can give someone is just simply to listen to them. Nobody listens anymore we tend to just be pausing until we get an opportunity to talk again. But when you take the time to simply listen to someone, you show them that you truly care for them. Listening to someone's hopes, their dreams, their challenges, it can be one of the greatest gifts that you can offer to someone. But but Jesus, although He listened, He also did something else. As you read the Gospels, You notice that Jesus spent an awful lot of time eating with people. He liked going to parties. And so Chris has learned that there's no activity that moves a relationship from acquaintance to friendship more quickly than when you eat and share a meal together. When we take the time to sit down with someone and eat with them, we we enter into a place of intimacy. It's amazing. We become real. One of the ways you're supposed to do Alpha, and you can't do this online, unfortunately, is it's supposed to be around a meal. So you start with a lot of people who don't know each other, who have questions about God, who probably aren't believers, and they sit down and they have a meal together, and then they they hear or watch a teaching, and then they have a discussion. That's Alpha in a nutshell. That meal is the one thing that most people want to get rid of. Because meals are complicated. There's logistics, there's cooking, there's cost, there's food. Can't we just pop the video in and talk? And what they have found is that the meal breaks down barriers. It tears down walls. It gets people to a place where they're comfortable with one another, where they're open to sharing with one another. Now online, they do some other activities to help break down those walls, but when you're in person... You know, sometimes I think the things that are ripping us apart, that are tearing us apart in this world, if we just all sat down and had dinner together, maybe that stuff would begin to disappear. Because we would discover that these that the people around us are real. Now, there's one other way that we can bless the people around us, and that's to serve them. Chris is learning that simply serving the people in places that he comes each day in a way that those people want to be served speaks louder about how much He cares than any other words could, could ever. When we serve people, we're showing them that we love them. Years ago, I had a dead tree in my yard. big tall one. It was a certain height that I couldn't, was not comfortable cutting it down myself. And so I was hoping that Mother Nature would take care of it for me. Because I was afraid to take a chainsaw to it. job. My neighbor, brand new neighbor, moved in. The tree was not bothering anyone. It was in the part of my yard that it wouldn't cause damage to anything. My neighbor was a, uh, what do they call a carbonist? tree guy. And he just moved in, and a couple weeks after he moved in, he looked at me and he goes, what are you going to do with that tree? And I said, it's got to be a thunderstorm soon. I know it. It's going to come soon. And he looked at me and he goes, I can take care of that tree. Give me a hand. I can take care of the tree. I said, okay. So he came and he knew what he was doing. Chopped this big tree down. Chopped it up with firewood. Gave him some of the firewood. He didn't do it because he was looking to make money for me. He didn't charge me a dime for it. He did it because we were neighbors. Because he was being nice. That had tremendous effect on me. I was blown away by it. I didn't expect it from a brand new man. That's what serving looks like. Now, we hear all of that, and you may be thinking, it seems like something is missing. We're talking about making disciples. Where's the preaching? Where's the power? Where's the gospel? Where's the teaching? How do you make a disciple that way? If you remember the parable of the sower, this is the one where, where Jesus said a, a sower went out to sow f- uh, seeds. Uh, he, he kind of scatters the seed everywhere. Some falls on the road, some falls on rocky ground, some form falls around thorn bushes, and other falls on, on good ground. The, the stuff that goes on the road gets trampled on, it dies. The stuff that goes on the rocks doesn't get root, dies. The stuff that goes in the thorn bushes gets choked, it dies. The stuff that goes in the good fertile ground, it grows. We learn things from this story. Like there's an unlimited amount of seed. Like the Gospel is unlimited. We don't have to be worried about where we, we sow the Gospel. It's unlimited. But we also lo- learn that if we're haphazard, we've probably got a one in four chance that it's going to actually take. And maybe you've noticed that as you uh, tried to share the gospel with people, that it doesn't always take. That some people just reject it, or some people seem to take it, but then a couple weeks later, they don't take it anymore, or a couple months, or a couple years. There's something really interesting. If you ask any gardener, about what is one of the most important things you can do before you plant a garden, you know what they're going to tell you? Prepare the soil. We put a garden on the side of the house and my arborist friend came by and he goes, hey, this is what you need to do. You want this thing to grow? He told me, he goes, go buy this uh, mushroom stuff and this other stuff and you want to put this in and mix the soil this way and that way and things will take off like that. Lo and behold, he was right. The one year we had a garden, things took off. And the year we didn't have a garden, things took off. If you prepare the soil, things happen. Things grow. It's important. Praying for people, listening to them, eating with them, serving them. These are all the ways that we prepare the soil. That we make the soil in someone's life ready to hear the gospel. That we soften the soil. We break it down. These are ways that we build trust into a relationship. These are ways that we actually earn the right to be heard. And so it's at this point where we have the ability to share our story. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. That's our story. That's our story. That's what people want to hear. They don't want to hear some theology. They don't want to hear apologetics. They want to hear why Jesus is important to you. What did Jesus do in your life? Why is your life different? That's your story. That's what witnessing is. We say, we're going to go witness. And for some reason, witness in the Christian faith has a totally different meaning than what it does in the legal profession. In the legal profession, a witness is someone who has seen something, and they're going to tell what they've seen. So if you're a witness, you go on the trial, and this is what I observed. This is what I experienced. But in the Christian faith, we've turned witness into, like, you've got to be a theologian. Let me explain to you the details of the Christian faith and how this works and that works and the importance of when this was written and that was written and, you know. People don't care about that. They want to hear how Jesus affected you personally. That's what's important. And that's what we're called to do. Just share our stories, telling people what you've experienced. You know, if you share your story, of how you found your way back to God, that may be the very words that that the person that you're ministering to, that your loved one, that your neighbor, needs to hear in order for them to find their way back to God. Now here's what's also interesting about all of this. When we look at blessed in its entirety, it's also not linear. It's a circle as well. It's something we're called just to keep doing and doing and doing. It becomes a part of our life. Now step back for a second and remember what Jesus commanded us to do. He said, go and make disciples. And so this is where those two things come together. As we're doing MG3, as we go... We begin with prayer. But then, as we go through bless and we share our story, that person there gets affected. And they come to Jesus. And so we walk them into MG3. We introduce them to meeting with Jesus. We help them grow. And that's what discipleship looks like. As we share our stories, we're inviting them to meet Jesus. And that's how meat works here. It's slightly different. When we talked about meat for us, we were talking about spiritual disciplines mostly. But here, meat maybe is Alpha. You share your story and say, hey, would you like to come with me to Alpha? It's an opportunity to ask more questions, to learn more about Jesus. Learn more about... There's a group of us working on a discipleship program that we're testing out that I think we're going to roll out in the next couple of months called Safar. It's kind of a one-on-one discipleship. Maybe it's that. You want to meet with me weekly and we can study the Bible and learn about Jesus? And then before you know it, they meet Jesus, they're beginning to grow. They're giving back to community. They're going out on mission. They're praying for their community. They're listening to people. They're eating with people. They're serving people. And they're sharing their stories. And it continues over and over and over again. See, this is the map of what life in our church is supposed to look like. MG3, our inner life, bless our missional life, and they're interconnected. Not only are they interconnected, but the elements relate to each other. This is where I geek out. Meaning with Jesus is just like beginning with prayer. Because what is meaning with Jesus? It's usually prayer. Remember we said growing is about growing in community? Where we listen, where we eat. Giving is about serving. Going is about telling your story. Our inner life and our missional life together make our Christian life and as we do this, it becomes natural for us. It become a rhythm in our life that we won't even notice. And as that, root, that rhythm takes root, we're going to be able to see fruit. We'll see spiritual fruit in our personal life. We'll see relationship growth through bless. Not only that, we'll be joining God's work that He's already doing around the world. Fulfilling the commission that he gave us. Remember, what was the last thing he told us to do in Matthew 28? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's how we do it. That's how we accomplish it. Now, this is the last sermon on this series. Next week we do baptisms, the week after that's Labor Day, and then we're going to start a new sermon series in Ephesians in the fall. We're going to go and do a, dig, a deep dive into Ephesians. But, you're going to see Chris around here a little bit more. And we're going to be pressing into MG3 and bless a little bit more. And there's a reason for that. We spent a lot of years talking about wanting to change the world. We spent a lot of years talking about wanting to see the kingdom break through into kelp. We spent a lot of years talking about empowering people to go advance God's kingdom. And a lot of people are coming to me right now asking me, how are we going to grow? How are we going to change? How are we going to become more? That's how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it. As we engage in MG3, as we walk out the practices of bless, we'll find ourselves in a different mindset. And by the way, we didn't talk a lot about power stuff in this, but it's all in the middle of it. It's all there. When you share your story, the Holy Spirit is present. There's opportunities for something to happen. When you pray for people, the Holy Spirit is present. He does powerful stuff. As we walk in this, we begin to discover God's mission in our life. You're going to find people drawn to you. And you'll have the opportunity to help them find their way back. to God. And that's what our call is. So, where are you in the whole process? How are you meeting with Jesus today? What are you doing? How did you meet with Him this morning? How are you growing in community and faith this week? What are you doing to grow? Small groups are coming. Man, that's a great way to grow. I miss small groups. How are you giving back to the community this month? We're getting busy. Kids Church is going to ramp up in a couple of weeks. and like be real. Not just what it is. There's all kinds of ways to serve one another. And as you go, whom are you blessed? Whom are you blessed? Let's stand and pray. Hmm. Calm, Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we thank You for this journey that You've had us on all summer. Lord, it was an unexpected journey. It really was. Lord, Your hand has been in the midst of all of this. And Lord, it's very easy to talk about wanting to change the world. It's very easy to talk about wanting to see Your kingdom come, to see Your kingdom advance. It's really easy to talk about wanting to see the Gospel saturate our community. But doing it, doing it is such a thing. Holy Spirit, we just ask you, come right now. Come into this place. Lord, as we move into the fall, as we come out of the doldrums of summer and move into what you're doing this fall, Lord, I pray right now for your Holy Spirit just to come and begin to fill each one of us. Lord, you've called us to a mission. You've called us to make disciples. You've called us to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Here, there, and around the world. Holy Spirit come, begin to fill us up. Begin to awaken the spirit within us. Lord, You've called each one of us to a mission field. Some of it may just be to the people next door. Some of it may be to the people around the world. But Lord, You've called each one of us to that. And so Lord, I just ask right now, just begin to activate that calling in each one of our lives. Lord, begin to activate the call to mission in each one of our lives. Uh, Lord, begin to give us the eyes to see the lost around us. Lord, begin to give us the compassion for those around us. Lord, make us disciples that make other disciples. Lord, we just ask Your kingdom to come. Let your power come. Begin to fill us up right now. Begin to activate Everything that you're doing right now